0: Good morning, or maybe good afternoon, depending on where you're watching from. Uh, hello, my Kansas peeps. Glad to see you on this morning. Uh, you're going to have to uh, kind of go with me a little bit here today. I, I'm down at the church and uh, doing this live from from here today, but there's a lot of road construction still going on outside, so it's kind of loud. Um, so if you're hearing that in the background, that's what it is. Uh, can't do anything about it, so we'll just we'll just deal with it as it comes. All right. Um, as I was considering what to talk about this morning, I um, was having a real hard time. Been trying to to figure out what it is I want to talk about today uh, since since last week, and and just wasn't getting anything. And I, I thought I had a direction I wanted to go, and really just wasn't wasn't clicking, wasn't feeling right, and um, just. Just realizing, you know, it's been a hard couple of weeks um, feeling pretty pressed in and um, almost feeling like there's there's distance between me and God. I know that is not, in fact, my reality. Um, and, and so I know my, my feelings and, and emotions surrounding that have been lying to me. I know that. And, and, and so. Um, what I'm going to do today is um, read from Colossians 3. Uh, the first 17 verses, and we'll see what happens. Uh, this has been a section of scripture that's just kind of been speaking to me lately. And uh, I really enjoyed reading it. And so uh, we're just going to read that and see what Holy Spirit has to say. Uh, in reading in the Passion Translation, it has um, three different little subtitles within this, the beginning of this chapter. And the first one is One with Christ and Glory. The second one is New Creation Life. And the third is love one another. And I, I just love these uh, things, the way they they kind of fit together and they have a flow to them. Um, and, and there's a lot to, to kind of unpack in this, but um, we'll just read it and, and see what is highlighted. Um, but again, I, I love the way these things flow together. And that's when you start reading scripture, you should start looking for these things and how they, they build on each other. Because oftentimes in these letters that, that Paul has written, uh, things build on each other. I know we have it sectioned out in, in our modern uh, Bibles with uh, chapter and verse, but really it was one long letter that kind of flowed together. And so it built on itself. And so that's something to, to kind of pull out of this. So anyways, enough of that talking. Let's, let's start reading. Uh, so Colossians 3. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Immediately, right off the bat, with that very first sentence, you could just stop right there. And I think we really need to stop and lay hold of what that means for us right there. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. That means that you right now are currently alive in eternity. Like you, your excuse me, your being is eternal right now because you believe in Jesus. Simply believe brings you into that. And so his resurrection is your resurrection too, which means uh, death from the, excuse me, death from this body is just simply a transition into the next realm. It's, it's a fun thing to, to think about. And consider the fact that uh, being alive in Christ means you are an eternal being right here, right now. You're not waiting for eternity uh, to come. And we've talked about this extensively. Uh, Angie's talked about it. We've talked about it on Sunday mornings. Death is not your savior. So you're not waiting to die to be translated into eternity. You are eternal right here, right now, because Christ's resurrection was your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. I love the fact that it says uh, he is sitting enthroned at the place of all the power, all the honor, and all the authority. And the exciting thing is, is that with your co-resurrection with Christ, you are also co-seated with him in this very place. I'd love to think about that and consider what's available to us when we actually believe and live from that space and there first. It goes on and says, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. So what I was talking about a minute ago about my my thoughts and my feelings um, lying to me about my reality and union or oneness with Christ and that that proximity not being greater than within me and, and me within Christ, right? Uh, I'm to feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and and fill my thoughts with the heaven realities. Heavenly realities, and, and not be distracted by those those lies that tell me uh, I'm not close to God and I'm not hearing from Him right now, because it's not true. It's absolutely not true for any believer. You are. Let me back up. It's actually not true for anyone. Everyone has the presence of God right there with them. It's just your your belief your. Uh, acceptance of that as reality. It doesn't change that it's a fact, right? We cannot separate creation from God. And with all of us being created beings made in his image, we just can't be separated from him. And so we should be thinking and putting our thoughts on the heavenly, heavenly realities rather than being distracted by uh, things in this natural realm, which can lie to us. Verse three says, "Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. That's your true life hidden away in God in Christ. That's how He sees you. That's how the Father sees you. Is in Christ. He doesn't see you as separate from Him, in need of anything. He sees you in in, in fullness in Christ." And that's regardless of of choices that we make or one second. There they go. All right. Um, Sorry about that. Uh, Regardless of choices that we make or or if we allow ourselves to be distracted with uh, uh, with things in the natural realm, it doesn't change the fact of how the father sees you. He still sees you in Christ. And and so that's that's an important thing to to take hold of here, is that your crucifixion with Christ. So not only have you been co-resurrected and co-seated before that, you were co-crucified with Him. It, it's it, it bears repeating because it, uh, we have to remember that that this co-lifestyle that we share with Jesus it, it needs to be something that we we firmly take hold of and grasp. And and it's easy for us, and uh, we talked about this at our leaders meeting last night briefly. Is that it's very easy for us to apply all these things to other people, and we can say, you know, I see this person as a new creation, and I can look and see all all people as new creation, and I can really easily pull the gold out of them and see who they are in full. But it's a very different story to look in the mirror. And consider that for yourself, and not just consider it, but even apply it and speak it over our own lives. It, it's difficult, and and I'm not sure why that is. But I, I've had that same problem myself, and and but I have to resolve to not only see everyone else as a new creation, but I have to resolve to see myself that way too. See myself hidden away in God, in Christ. It goes on and says, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. How incredibly amazing is that, is that each of us is one with Christ, with him in his glory. You are right now wrapped up in the glory of Christ. What does it look like for us to reveal that to the world? What does it look like for us to allow that to come out? Rather than the distractions of the natural realm. I mean, if you really consider allowing the glory of Christ to to be spilled out of you. and, And all over everyone around you bringing that fullness of who it is he's created you to be and the gifts that he's given you, what, what could happen? Just, just imagine the possibilities of, of what, what could manifest in, in the lives of those around you? What power from heaven could be released? It's, it's incredible to think about and consider Because we talk about the church should be the ones carrying the solutions, carrying the power that the world needs, right? Not, not cravings or desires, but actually what it is that they need. Because oftentimes our, our, um, fleshly cravings and desires don't line up with what we need from the kingdom. And if we believe this, and we let it be revealed that glory of who Christ is. Those solutions of power that comes out of the kingdom. Just the, the possibilities are endless. Anything you can imagine is is a realistic possibility. I mean, if you've got big, crazy ideas, just throw them in the chat. I'd love to hear them. I would actually love to hear what big dreams you have. All right, let's continue on. Verse five, live as one. Now this is transitioning over into that new creation life section. It says live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to diseases and desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. There's some interesting things to pull out right here. Live as one who has died to diseases. That's an interesting phrase to me, and I know it's probably catching your attention as well because we can we can talk about living uh, uh, living as one who has died to every form of sin, but living as one who's also died. To disease because uh, diseases and sickness, all, all these things that we, uh, we see and we talk about, talk about, and even um, uh, uh, form a, a different things around it. Anyways, what I'm getting at here is, is living as one who has died to sickness, who's died to illness. Those things are not part of your reality. And so your, the power of your words to declare health and wholeness over someone even over yourself should be an everyday occurrence. It should be the norm rather than the exception or, or um, the the one-off miracle that you see from time to time or read about or maybe see on YouTube. It should be your regular experience as a believer. because we should be living as one who has died to sin and disease. It also talks about including living as one who has died to the desire for wealth. And this is wealth in a way that is, um, desiring money for the sake of having money. Um, we know that it takes money to do things. We know that it takes money to have greater impact, to have greater reach and, um, influence so that's not what we're talking about because we know it takes money to do things but that isn't the desire the desire is to use that money as a tool to move the kingdom right to advance the kingdom to share jesus to make much of him in a bigger and more impactful way it takes money to do that so it's a tool that you can use so um, desiring wealth uh, to have as another tool uh, to use is, is not the the thing that this is talking about. So just understand that it, you know, um, wanting more money to have greater influence and reach for the kingdom to make a bigger impact. That's a different story. Okay. Let's continue on. It says, that's how you once behaved characterized by your evil deeds. Hold on. I've got to back up because this is one point that I I did want to make. Um, In verse six, it says, when you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. Uh, Other translations kind of phrase that differently. And and, um, I like the way the passion says this against these acts of disobedience. So God's wrath is against the sin, against the act of disobedience and not against his creation, which is you. So I think that's an important thing to pull out and say, okay, it's going to be all right. He's not mad at me, but he is uh, angry against that sin. So I think that was something that that was important to to make note of. Okay, continuing on in verse seven. That's how you once behaved, characterized by evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. So lay aside the masks, lay aside uh, anything you're hiding behind. That is some kind of uh, false self that you want people to perceive you in some particular way. That really isn't authentic to who you are or even who God is calling you. Lay that stuff aside. Get rid of it. That that doesn't, um, you're not characterized by any of that stuff anymore. Your character now is in God, in Christ, right? That's your character now. For you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. Love that. You've been given new life. You've acquired it. You've acquired that new creation life and it's continually being renewed, constantly being renewed, which is why you should be living as one who's died to diseases, died to sin and all those things. Right. Because if you're constantly being renewed, made new over and over and over again, then there shouldn't be anything holding you back. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference or your ethnicity, education, or economic status. They matter nothing. For it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. Christ is what is who matters. That over all things, he's the one we should be making much of. He's the one that we should be... Uh, holding up on a pedestal and holding high, right? It shouldn't be anything else. It shouldn't be anyone else. And now we're getting ready in verse 12 to make that transition into that last uh, little subtitle subheading that I was talking about of love one another. It says you are always and dearly loved by God. Always. Always. Always, always loved by God. I think if you take nothing else from what we talk about today, it should be that right there, that you are always loved by God. No matter what. If you choose to follow what it is that he's called you into, or you don't, it doesn't change the fact that you are always loved. Mess up, don't mess up, doesn't change it. Always loved. It goes on, so robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all people. Excuse me, showing kindness toward all Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another. In the same way, you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. Talking about your family of faith the ones that you share oneness with, uh, even your own family. This is how you should treat each other. This is how we are to interact with one another. Tolerating weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another. Being gentle, humble, unoffendable in your uh, patience with others. We know that people create messes, and it's fine. It's going to happen, and and we should have grace and mercy towards one another and and not be um, offended to the point where we want to separate. Rather, it should pull us together and strengthen relationships to say, hmm, that wounded me there. What's going on? Not sure why. And talk about it. Don't let it be something that divides you. You are always and dearly loved by God. You should always be dearly and loving one another. Verse 14 says, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. This is a great point to say, okay, we are... We should be looking at things in a different way as you mature. And so uh, impatience, harshness, those are things that should be uh, moving away from you because being gentle and kind and humble and patient are signs of maturity because you love one another. Right. So that's the mark right there of maturity. Verse 15 says, let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of of his one body. Excuse me. Let me me start over again here. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body. And always be thankful. There is something to be said for being thankful, uh, for expressing gratitude, for uh, your life, regardless of, of natural circumstances or situations, uh, there, is, there is power in gratitude. It's, it's an amazing thing to uh, see that released uh, from you and, and from other people. And it actually brings uh, people's spirits up. It takes focus off of the distractions in the natural realm. and and put your focus on things of the kingdom. Goes on to say, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed one. And bring your constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. Talked about this verse, um, Colossians 3.17 yesterday. And let every thing you do, let every word you speak, action you take, be for Christ, be for Jesus. It is an incredible thing when you start to look at all of this together. You are starting place of victory because you've been co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, and now co seated You are a new creation. And as new creations, applying that to everyone around you and yourself, you're loving one another. And you're seeing that as as a mark of coming into the maturity of Christ and knowing that we are able to display his glory for all the earth. It makes it a lot easier when you have your mind focused on the things of the kingdom rather than distracted by what is going on here in the natural realm. To have every action you take, every word you speak, Be for Jesus. Consider that this week. Consider your activities. Consider your words. Are they for Christ? Are your are your relationships going well? Uh, Loving one another. It with gentleness humbleness uh, unoffendable in, in your patience consider these things this week take a look at them see what Holy Spirit has to say to you about each of these things a great place to start is with your own deeds right your own words your own actions all right let's pray Father, we thank you for the union that we share with you. Just can't express gratitude enough to be brought into the Trinity, to be brought into you and share oneness with you. And I'm so thankful that we get to share oneness together here right now. That we're all brought into one body and we get to get to grow together, get to strengthen each other. get to love one another. I think that we can share all things in common. I'm grateful that we have no lack as your children. I thank you that you have set us up as royalty, as heirs to the kingdom. I thank you that we have the opportunity daily to release kingdom solutions and kingdom power into the world. I thank you that you are here with each one of us right now. I thank you that there is no separation between us. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. I hope you have a great week. Um, We will be on Wednesday morning for unedited chats at 9 a.m. Central Time. Uh, It's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, Myself, Angie Peters, and Pepper Deal will be on here um, for that. So look forward to seeing you back Wednesday morning. Bye.